Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, February 25th. Coming up on a big Friday edition, of course, what does the Tennessee and Auburn game mean for both teams in terms of NCAA seeding? Nashville SC's third season in MLS in Nashville gets underway on Sunday, and Tim Sullivan of the Club and Country Podcast is here to break down what will happen in a match between what could be the best two teams in the Western Conference in MLS. I'll give you a recap of what took place at Bridgestone Arena on Pecorine night and give you a quick preview of the stadium series. But we begin with the big news that's dominating conversations around the hockey world in Nashville. Should the Nashville Predators trade Philip Forsberg? If you own a home, make sure you remember the name The Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. They are Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. And it is the only name you need to know before you make any big decisions about your house. That's The Kingston Group, buildkg.com. So the timing is unfortunate, but the news should not be surprising. On the day before Pecorine's jersey was retired, reports began to surface about the Nashville Predators actively shopping Philip Forsberg. And while you'd like something other than trade speculation to dominate conversations, on the night that your franchise's greatest player is recognized, as you head into a weekend in which you will be hosting an outdoor hockey event, it simply should not come as a shock to anyone that this is what's happening with Philip Forsberg. The Predators' star goal scorer might be the best available forward in the entire NHL and could command a huge return. The Preds are not one or two pieces away from winning or even contending for a Stanley Cup championship. Signing yet another player to a massive long-term deal doesn't feel like smart business for this franchise. It has always felt like the two sides are too far apart, and this team simply cannot risk letting Forsberg get away into free agency with nothing to show for it. So this is not what fans want to hear about the best goal scorer in franchise history, but it's all true. We're talking about a five- to seven-year contract worth around $9 million per season for a player who's never scored 40 goals, never reached 80 points, and now misses about 20% of his games. Nashville has rebuilt incredibly well and are ahead of schedule in that process. It feels like, as hard as it is to swallow, that the last big push to complete the competitive rebuild is to add a few young players or prospects or draft picks to the coffers by way of a Forsberg trade. This team simply isn't close enough to winning a championship yet. And unless you can get a reasonable contract worked out before the deadline, which is still a couple of weeks away on March 21st, so there still is time to get that done, well, if you don't, you've got to make the move. Because a King's Ransom for Forsberg is how you get closer to winning that championship while setting yourself up for long-term sustained success without another massive contract that you know is going to eventually hurt the franchise in a few years. No one wants to hear it. Philip Forsberg is possibly getting traded. But you have to use reason and logic and look at this from a shrewd perspective. What allows this team to be successful, not just this year, but for years to come? And the only answer to that question is to get as many future assets as possible for Philip Forsberg before the deadline. David Poyle could barely keep himself together, and he wasn't the only one at Bridgestone Arena on Thursday night that was feeling emotional. And how could you not? Watching Pecorine hold his one-year-old son as his number 35 was hoisted into the rafters forever was certainly a memorable moment for everyone in attendance. Along with his fiance, sisters, parents, former teammates, including Shea Weber, Poyle, Roman Yossi, and all of his fans, Rene delivered a simple yet elegant speech to Smashville as only Pecorine can. The highlight of which for me was watching him talk to his son about bringing him back to games to see his number and experience the crowd. 
Nashville also announced that there will be a bronze statue out in front of the plaza of Rene constructed for the start of next season. And oh, by the way, there was an important and thoroughly entertaining hockey game between two division rivals as well. Basically, it was an all-around awesome evening for hockey fans in Nashville. The Stars and the Preds played 65 minutes and were still tied at one. Nashville won the two points in overtime as UC Saro slammed the door on all four penalty shot attempts in honor, of course, of his fellow countryman, Pekka Rene. The performance gives the Predators two straight wins and four points in two massive games this week, heading into a big Saturday of hockey in Music City. Tampa and Nashville will play at Nissan Stadium on Saturday. Puck drop at 6.30. That's right, Nissan Stadium. There are massive stages and events already set up around the building as there will be things to do all day long leading up to the Stadium Series showdown on Saturday night. There will be tailgates and pregame parties basically all over downtown. So even if you're not going to the game, maybe wander around a little bit on Saturday and get into some trouble. Much fun will be had on this historic evening in Nashville. For more on Pekka Knight, the win over Dallas, the Forsberg trade rumors, and how we as a city and hockey fans should define success of the Stadium Series, make sure you're listening to a special Friday edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. Myself, Jeremy Gover, covering the Nashville Predators in what is one of the biggest weeks of hockey in this city ever. That's the Gold Standard Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. There are just two weekends left in SEC basketball before it's tournament time, and man, do we have a good one on Saturday. The first and only meeting between Auburn and Tennessee this season will come on Saturday, 3 p.m. on ESPN. And man, should it be fun, as Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville should be totally electric. Bruce Pearl returns to campus and brings the number three team in America with him. Tennessee is playing its best basketball of the season, despite a road loss to Arkansas last weekend. The Vols have won nine of their last 10 SEC games, and the backcourt of Kennedy Chandler, Santiago Vescovi, and Zikai Ziegler are playing as well as they have the entire season. And that trio of players is probably what's going to determine how deep this team goes in both the SEC and NCAA tournaments. Auburn, on the other hand, began their SEC schedule with 10 straight wins inside of a 19-game overall winning streak. However, the Tigers have lost two of their last five, both of which came on the road against quality defensive teams in Arkansas and Florida. And Auburn will be on the road against a quality defensive team this weekend. Tennessee has shown that it can also beat elite competition at home with a blowout win over Kentucky and a workmanlike victory over number 2 Arizona. The interesting thing to note here is that a loss for either team won't really be viewed as a negative by the committee, and so both teams should play free of pressure. Sure, Tennessee could start to talk about a two-seed if they win, but a loss to number 3 Auburn doesn't really hurt you. The same goes for Auburn. They are a one-seed in the NCAA tournament right now, and a road loss against a team that could also be a two- or a three-seed like Tennessee isn't really going to hurt their resume. Let's hope this means that both teams are flying high come tip-off on Saturday. Elsewhere in the SEC, number 6 Kentucky travels to number 18 Arkansas in a premier nationally televised showdown at 1 p.m., and number 24 Alabama will host South Carolina. Vanderbilt will travel to Mississippi State after a narrow loss to Alabama, and the Doors still have some outside hope and an NIT bid, but they will have to beat the Bulldogs to stay in the mix. As a reminder, Selection Sunday is just a couple of weeks away. Tim, good to see you. Welcome to the show, of course, host of the Club & Country podcast and proprietor of clubcountryusa.com. Seattle, Nashville, match day one, opening of year three in MLS in Music City. Now they're in the Western Conference, Nashville SC is. Is it possible that these are the best two teams in the Western Conference? Because it seems like everywhere I look across the internet, Seattle is picked to play in the MLS Cup and Nashville is picked number two. 
It's, it's extremely possible. I think it's maybe not quite likely. I think there's going to be some adjustment for Nashville, especially moving to a new conference, something that they haven't had to deal with. The amount of travel in the past is going to be probably the biggest part, more so than the difference between the quality of teams in the East and the West. But from Seattle's perspective, this is a team that already um, tied a league record for an unbeaten run at one point last season. Of course, they kind of limped to the finish, so they didn't even finish first in the Western Conference, but uh, they've pretty much carried on with the same roster that they had last year, but added Albert Rusnak, a guy who was one of the best players in the Western conference last year when he was playing for real salt Lake. So when you look at what Seattle has been able to do over the past couple of years and, and really during the entirety of their time in MLS and the entirety of their time under head coach, Brian Schmetzer, this is a team that you don't expect to take many steps backwards. And when they add a talent like Rusnak, you expect them to get even better. Um, from Nashville's perspective, that's obviously a very difficult task, long travel, uh, second longest trip you can take in this league um, from Nashville, at least to, to, you know, the toughest team that you can probably face pretty much all season. So um, Nashville is, is ready for it. They believe that they have the game plan in place to uh, get a result, maybe not necessarily get a win, but get a result on that uh, turf field up in Lumen Field in Seattle. So they're looking forward to it, but they know they're very familiar with what sort of challenge uh, Seattle is going to provide. And, and I think from a big picture perspective, Nashville does realize that if they can go and get the result that I think very few people expect them to get, they can set the tone that this is a team that is going to challenge for top two in the Western Conference. And, you know, if they if they are able to go up to Lumen Field and get a win on Sunday afternoon, I think they can say, not only are we going to challenge for top two in the conference, we're challenging to win the West. And that's something that surely is a statement they would like to make, uh, you know, maybe a little pie in the sky, though it may be at this point. What is your official you know, prediction for Nashville SC. Is this a team that gets to the conference final? Do they get one step further than they've gotten in each of the last two years? What What's your official call for Nashville SC's final position? I think conference final is, is a good starting point. Now, obviously, there's been so much change in terms of they haven't even faced most of the teams ever that they're going to face two times this season. So we don't really know how they're going to handle that. Like I mentioned before, the travel is going to be a difficult factor for them. So I would start the expectations uh, at make that Western Conference final, but I'm very willing to revise when we see, especially through this eight game road swing to start the year maybe they perform better than we thought. And, and we start saying, okay, this is a club that needs to make it to MLS cup to have a satisfying season. Or maybe they struggle a little bit with that eight game road stretch. And we say, okay, maybe, maybe making the playoffs and then we'll see what happens from there. Nope. Tim, you're never allowed to change your opinions. That's not how the internet works. <laughs> you have to Sense pick down. an opinion and stick with it. Clubcountryusa.com <laughs> is the website and club and country is the podcast. Tim Sullivan. Thank you so much, man. Enjoy the first weekend of MLS action. Thanks for having me. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website, of course, the 440, brought to you every single morning by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. If you own a home and you're going to make some big decisions about a renovation or a custom build, all you need to know is the name, the Kingston Group. Give them a call. Check out their work, BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Please enjoy the weekend. Huge Tennessee game. Huge outdoor hockey game. Soccer starting in the MLS with Nashville SC. Awesome, awesome sports weekend for you fans, especially considering that there's no football. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports, the YouTube page, the Twitters, all that great stuff. Again, thank you guys all for listening. Kick your heels up, have a cocktail, and have a great weekend, everybody. This has been the 440 for Friday, February 25th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.